Welcome to the new My Football Club podcast. Welcome to the new My Football Club podcast. I'm your host, Augustine Sasso. You can email me at augustine.sasso at myfootballclub.co.uk. First of all, Happy New Year to everyone listening. By the time this podcast is up, it will be past midnight in New York City, but it's a couple of hours before as I'm recording this. I spoke to Charles yesterday. We went over the Dartford game. 2-1 was a modest result and we could have scored more. Now, Charles brings up the interesting fact that with everything going right for the fleet, we've also found our penalty kicker, and this is another weapon in our arsenal. Then we talk about tomorrow's match against Lewis, and then Braintree on Monday. Finally, we go back and talk about Jimmy Logie. That's this podcast's fleet legend. Now, I didn't realize that I had accidentally put Charles in a tough spot. You'll know what I mean when you listen to it. Here now is my interview with Charles. Hello. Hey, Charles. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you very much. And pleasant greetings. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Well, uh, shall we go at it? Let's let's go to it. Okay. So, uh, obviously, the um, the recap against uh, Dartford. We had a a great crowd. Um, Maybe you want to talk... A little bit about that. Uh, I mean, I think uh, there was a story about it in the Gravesend uh, uh, Messenger. Uh, Liam was talking about how proud he was of the team, how they stuck together. Um, so, yeah, maybe you want to give a little recap of that. Well, it was a great day again. It, it, it wasn't quite as, uh, as glorious as the day in August when we met at uh, Prince's Park because the weather there was fantastic and uh, that was a bumper crowd of 2,800. But it was still a pretty good crowd. Uh, it was a typical midwinter's day. Um, it was dark, it was drizzly. Um, it wasn't a, a pleasant day, but the, the atmosphere on the terraces was, was, it was a cracking atmosphere because you had, uh, you know, neighbors, workmates, colleagues, uh, family members standing alongside each other from both sides of the divide you know, Fleet fans and Dart supporters who have followed their sides for, well, decades, just as I followed the Fleet for many, 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 many years. Um, but, you know, they're all allowed to mingle in an unsegregated crowd and it created a great atmosphere. Um, you know, one or two help heads um, probably uh, imbibed a little too much Christmas spirit and uh, lost their way and found themselves amongst the uh, opposition supporters uh, and perhaps uh, made themselves unwelcome. But that was that was generally dealt with quietly and effectively, and uh, the day went off uh, very well indeed. But what happened on the pitch was um, really the most satisfying insofar as uh, the fleet came away with three points. And, um, you know, Dartford put up a spirited show, um, but Dartford looked like a side that had come up from a lower division 
um, that are finding their feet in the Blue Square South. And the fleet very much looked like a side that after, you know, four or five months have now really got their act together. They're getting into gear and they do fully deserve their place in the uh, playoff places. And I think, you know, the 2-1 scoreline actually flattered Dart for a great deal. And uh, looking back on the game and looking at the highlights, um, as I did yesterday, uh, you know, if, if the fleet had won 6-0 or 6-1, you know, or, or by a five or six goal margin, it, it really wouldn't have been unfair as a reflection on the uh, balance of play. Wow, that's that's just amazing. You know, the, the fleet just keeps rolling on, and uh, as I said, it's um, it's almost getting boring. And uh, you know, you wanna you wanna get to the playoffs you know, uh, now. Well, we don't. <laughs> We're now getting into that um, that zone where the, you know statistics start to get rolled out, and it becomes a bit of a cliche. But you know we're still unbeaten on the road as we go into you know 2011, which is remarkable. Uh, in the league, we're unbeaten for we're unbeaten for four months at home. You know that's just ridiculous. Um, you know, the last team to beat us was Dover on the 28th of August, and they were exceptionally good in their 2-1 victory at Stonebridge Road. And we've got a big game down there at Dover uh, next month. But, uh, you know, the, the, what this side is achieving, what this side is quietly putting together, you know, without any fuss, without any fanfare, is a remarkable season. And, you know, I've, I've said this to you before, but something that really... Uh, shone through for me on Tuesday was that the fleet have bought into this season with Liam, his management team um, and also the players that remain from last year they've bought with them a, a degree of professionalism that they had in the Blue Square Premier and I believe that's giving them an edge against the opposition in many of the games they're playing this season uh, because Dartford one of the things that let them down apart from a lack of quality throughout the side was a lack of discipline and you know they had two men sent off um, in the game you know and all the way through the fleet kept their discipline you know Dartford fans thought that the Ebbsfleet players were throwing themselves to the ground and going to ground very easily but you know that's what happens if you get unfairly challenged um, you know that happens at every level of football but the fleet have got this level of professionalism and this degree of, of discipline that I put to Liam uh, after the game in our interview, I, I said that, you know, from here on in, for the rest of the season, uh, you know, having a good um, disciplinary record is going to be as important as keeping players fit and, and free from uh, suspension. And, you know, he, he entirely agreed. It is going to be a major factor. And, you know, whilst other teams, such as Dartford, you know, lose their heads, you know, the fleet, you know, they knuckle down and they get on with the job. And I've not studied the statistics, but it seems like every team we play at Stonebridge Road, the opposition has a player sent off. You know, I don't know why that should be, but from the opening day of the season, when um, we played Maidenhead, they had, I mean, we lost that game, but they had two men sent off in that game. You know, and it seems almost every game uh, that we play, you know, Bore and Wood, it just goes all the way through. You know, somebody gets sent off. It's, it's astonishing. So, you know, if you want to go down to the, um, the bookmaker, put 
put some money on a Lewis flag getting sent off on Saturday. <laughs> You're right. You are right. Uh, and that is amazing. And, um, uh, yeah, it goes back to the professionalism, I would say, because I can see that, um, you know, uh, in other sports, you know, you've got the, the opposing team just getting frustrated, and then, you know, they'll they all commit a foul. They'll start to play, uh, you know, a little dirty just because of the frustration. Yeah, it, it, that, generally speaking, that's what it is. You know, it's also, you know, if you're up against um, players that may be a fitter, better organized, quicker than you are, you're finding it harder to stop them, so you, you know, you resort to all sorts of things, you know, to, to bring the opposition down to your level. And, and that's what's happening against the fleet. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love somebody to run the statistics to show how many players have been sent off against us. Um, but the other feature of the game from Tuesday is, hey, we found a penalty taker, and he was there all alone. No, you know, there's an expression, you know, no Sherlock um, that we use in England, but hey, what a surprise. Our centre for forward has turned out to be a penalty taker. Well, I'm stunned. I'm astonished. You know, I, I spoke to Callum Willock about that um, after the game, and he said he's been studying Yakubu, the, uh, the Everton forward, and he said he does a little shimmy as he goes up to take the penalty, and looking at it uh, on the replay, he certainly does. He takes a little shimmy and bang, in the back of the net. And, and, and Callum said to me, that's it. You know, I've seen the other guys like Westy and, um, uh, and Gareth Williams miss from the spot. He said, I'm taking penalties. He said, that's it. I'm doing it. So Fleet fans can be rest assured now that at least we found a penalty taker. Uh, he may not get every one of them, but at least he's going to have the, um, the courage to take the ball, put it on the spot, and, and get it in between those um, big white sticks and hit the back of the net. Boy, just another, uh, I guess it's another weapon that we have, that the fleet has. Uh, yeah, because we've been getting penalties, but we've not been converting them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can now convert penalties, you know, that is another string to our bow. And, and we found yet another one on Tuesday when Derek Duncan scored the first goal with an absolutely exquisite free kick. Um, you know, he took out on the right-hand side with his left foot and he curled it over the defence and into the far corner that the goalkeeper, you know, it doesn't matter if you'd have been playing top-flight international football. No goalkeeper would have got to it. It was a fabulous free kick. So, you know, we've, we've now got Derek Duncan getting on the score sheet as well. So, you know, things are looking pretty good all over the pitch as far as the playing side of it's concerned. And, and as you know, you know, things are moving at pace off the field, um, whether they can keep up with what's going on, uh, you know, once the guys go over the green, uh, over the white line onto the green grass, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But certainly, um, there's an air of optimism surrounding uh, everything at Stonebridge Road. I agree. I agree. And um, well, um, I think we can uh, move to the next topic, which are the upcoming games, uh, because we should have a degree of optimism against. Lewis, and then I just realized we're playing Braintree two days later. Well, it's, um, it's a weekend of contrast, isn't it? Mm. Um, because the, the Lewis game uh, uh, pits the fleet against uh, a side that are down there in the relegation zone. Um, they, uh, they got absolutely stuffed at Dover on Tuesday, but mm. you would expect that. 
Um, they've got a new management team in there, which is um, uh, Smith, the former Gillingham player, and Tim O'Shea, who were the management team at Croydon Athletic, um, who they brought their side to Stonebridge Road for a pre-season friendly. Um, but the Croydon situation imploded when the, the owner of the club um, was found to be laundering millions of pounds of, uh, of um, foreign bookmakers' money through the club, I believe. Um, so these guys have moved on to Lewis, and they're a good management team. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to shake the, the side up, but whether they can do it uh, before uh, Saturday, I'm not quite sure. But Lewis's record on the road isn't um, one that would put fear in anybody, and, and I'm sure that Liam is expecting that to be three points. But the game on Monday, away to Braintree, um, as things stand, is probably the sternest test in the league so far, um, because they're top of the table. They're a bit of an unknown... Um, package because many of the brain tree players moved on in the summer and, the, and there's a, um, a new squad there um, that's taken them to the top of the league and uh, I think we're going to need to be absolutely on our best form uh, to pull anything out of that one but as I say when you go into the game unbeaten um, so far uh, away from home you go into it with an awful lot of optimism yeah I, I agree and uh, now we we tried them uh, back in August, but this is, uh, again, a com you know, different league team. You know, well, August seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Obviously, um, uh, it's four months ago, but in that four months, what we've seen is this, this squad gelling together. And um, what we were playing like in August, um, I would say, doesn't really compare to the way the side are playing now. Um, and on Tuesday, we, we beat Dartford. We, you know, you, it's the old um, cliche, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think we played particularly well um, compared to other performances I've seen this season. Um, and one day, it may be Lewis, but somebody's going to get uh, you know, on the wrong end of a, a heavy scoreline from the fleet. Um, but I think as a... Uh, an away team playing the top of the table side at Braintree on, on, on Monday, um, I would say that you know we have learned to play in a particular way away from home, mm -hmm. um, where we play on the counter attack. Uh, you know, and we've got players, and certainly with, with Scott Ginty fit, that gives us another option up top. Um, you know, we've got players like him and, and Ricky Shakes that can come on with plenty of pace and uh, find holes in the opposition defence when we're breaking away. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, we'll take one game at a time, obviously, Lewis first, and then uh, Raintree. And, and I think, I, I, wish I, I wish I had done uh, a little research before I spoke to you. I, I completely forgot about it. Um, I'm, I'm confident like you. It, it, Makes sense to be confident. Well, I think the, the, the yeah. If, if you look at the the record to date, you know you've got you've got to say, you know there is nobody in this league, home or away, that we should go into the game expecting not to get something from it. Um, uh, sometimes we don't perform as well as we want to, mm -hmm. um, but you know like at Maidenhead, which was our last away league game uh, in the middle of November, believe it or not, but. You know, we still got something out of the game, even though, you know, it wasn't a brilliant performance. Well, 
maybe we take that on, on Monday, but the way we're playing, perhaps we should expect more. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Wow. I mean, what's noticeable, um, I was out and around uh, Gravesend this morning, uh, and I was out last night at uh, uh, a house party, and people are talking about the football club. You know, people are saying, hey, they're doing really well. You know, the local community is really taking notice. And people are coming up to me, you know, they know um, what I do around the club, and, and, and they want to talk about the success of the fleet. You know, so there's something stirring. And, uh, you know, if they can keep this going, the crowds are going to come back. Right. No, I agree. I agree. We definitely, um, you know, have to capitalize on that because I just remember Liam talking last year and when he was um, uh, addressing... Uh, there was a meeting, uh, I believe, in April, just you know, addressing the fans and just saying, uh, you know, you don't, you just can't keep rebuilding these sides. But he, he certainly has, and mm. um, still, you can't keep rebuilding these sides. We've got to. This is another gift, you know, <laughs> given to us by Liam, and you know, you know, obviously we have to take advantage of it, capitalize on it. But uh, you know, we've got to do everything in our power not to let this side slip through our fingers. Yeah. Um, you know, including the management team, because, you know, I think we really are poised here with a young side um, that's come together very quickly. They've, they've embraced Liam's ideals and, and his attitude to the way we play. Um, and, you know, it's having a very, very, very positive effect. You know, if we win our games in hand, you know, we go second. Mm -hmm. uh, if we beat Braintree and win our games in hand, we'd be top. Now, that's scary. You know, who would have thought? Who would have thought that in July? No, I don't think anybody would have expected that. So, you know, we've got to manage our expectations, and you know, keep getting behind the team, keep supporting the club in every way we can, and uh, and just go about our business with with dignity and integrity. Agreed. Agreed. Well. Um I'd like to move it on to maybe the last thing. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, Hall of Flame, uh, Fame, the Fleet Legends. Um, I was telling you that I got uh, Paul Harrison's book, and so ah. I decided to look up is it Jimmy Logie. Jimmy Logie. Logie, yes, okay. Jimmy Logie. Well, Jimmy Logie. Um, I think I miss Jimmy Logie. I mean, I'm about 104, um, but I, I cannot actually remember seeing Jimmy Logie play. Um, but he was a great Scottish international who played, uh, now if you'll forgive me for using this word, for Arsenal, I beg your pardon. Uh, being a Spurs fan, it's hard to say that. But he was a great, he was a great, great player with Arsenal. And, um, and he graced the stage at Highbury uh, for a long time with great distinction. Um, but at the end of his career, um, I, I don't know the story of how and why, uh, but he dropped to the Southern League, which was then, that was the equivalent of the Blue Square Premier. It was the, it was the senior semi-professional um, tier of football in England. And uh, as a veteran, Jimmy Logie came and played for the fleet. And uh, he inspired them to win the Southern League uh, title, uh, which, as I say, in those days was the equivalent of winning the Blue Square Premier. 
So if the structure had been in place as it is today, that would have seen the fleet enter the Football League. Uh, and that was, I think, 1958. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great shame, but in those days, you, you had to get votes to be elected into the Football League. And the people that were voting were the clubs at the bottom of the Football League. So it was a bit like turkeys not wanting to vote for Christmas. Uh, so the clubs in the Football League always voted for themselves to stay in it and not to elect a new club. So the fleet missed out. But, you know, if, if Logie had come and weaved his magic, um, he was only a tiny fella, um, but he, he caused um, an absolute riot in the Southern League because, you know, here he was, a Scottish international, fresh out of the English First Division, um, the top tier of the game, um, which in those days was probably the premier league in world football. Um, and, you know, he was playing for Gravesend and North League. And, uh, you know, he was uh, taking his skills around the country uh, on behalf of the fleet. And that was quite a remarkable signing at the time. And it was the beginning of an era of, um, of, of some achievement, but it also was the beginning of an era that it ultimately turned into disappointment with the club you know, sailing close to the wind financially and getting relegated a few years later. But on the way, they did have a fantastic cup run in 1963, which was the last great winter in this country, uh, which saw the team um, go all the way to playing Sunderland at Stonebridge Road and taking them to a replay before going out up at Roker Park. Um, but that cup run, that winter, was gave them the distinction of being in the FA Cup for the longest ever period because they entered in August in the preliminary rounds and because the games were cancelled due to the weather um, they eventually went out after some ridiculous amount of time, I think it was late February um, and they were in the FA Cup for such a long period, I don't think the, the time scale has ever been beaten wow. but uh, the Jimmy Logie era just preceded that and, and shortly after the Sunderland run the club did enter financial difficulties and uh, had to start again. So, you know, what we're going through now isn't new. Um, you know, the, the periods of feast and famine have happened many times before. Yeah, I agree. And, um, but wow, Charles, that was um, a great, uh, great recall there. I, I was going to say that uh, Lewis is doing the same thing. So it's, it's pretty common, you know, they had a great run and moved all the way to the Blue Square Prem, and now they're sort of on the way down. And in fact, we, we played them, uh, I was looking back, uh, two years ago. I think, in fact, it was John Akindi's last game before he was transferred. Uh, we played them down at their, their quaintly named ground, which is called the Dripping Pan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, is a bizarre um, stadium. Uh, I mean, Lewis is a wonderful, wonderful medieval town full of um, quaint things. Like, they've got their own money down there that can be exchanged amongst shopkeepers. Um, they've got breweries down there that are legend for the um, fiery beer that they brew. Um, but they've got hardly any parking. They've got hardly any terracing. Uh, they've not got a radio uh, point for us to plug in and and connect our BBC kit to, so we have to use the, um, the radio-controlled microphone box that we've got. Um, it's, it's a complete crackpot of a club, but, you know, good luck to their fans. They're trying to stabilise it and uh, move it into the future. 
No, it sounds uh, sounds like a great experience to go there, you know. And oh, you've got to go to Lewis yeah. at least once in your life. You know, put it on your forget going to Niagara Falls and Venice. You know, <laughs> go to go to Lewis. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> okay, put it put it on your bucket list. Okay. <laughs> a trip to Lewis and an away trip to Drawsden. All right, all right. <laughs> I've got. I'm going to tick that one off my bucket list. Well, Charles, thank you again. And, no, sir. Um, unless um, you have anything else, we will talk next week after Braintree. Yes, indeed. And uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, the games ahead, which will include that FA Trophy game at Drawsden that's coming up. Yes. And, uh, well, I think it's going to be an exciting new year, and I'd just like to wish any Fleet fans that are listening, and indeed any other football fans that are tuning in for... Um, a bit of curiosity value. Uh, a very happy new year. I hope your team does well, whoever you support. But if it's the fleet, I hope uh, you enjoy a great season and that we end up picking up some sort of silverware come the end of the season. All right. Well, thank you. And, I will and a happy new year. Thank you. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. Charles. And now a few items from the MyFC website dashboard. Arathon has reopened his pledge to give Liam a fighting chance. It's now called a Christmas Pledge. Uh, it was so successful before that it's being continued. Pledge 10 pounds and give Liam a fighting chance to sign those players that are not under contract and keep them till the end of the season. We have two live votes, both end on January 5th. The first is to decide a special promotion for the third game, that's on the 25th of January. Check it out. And then the second vote is to continue our Facebook advertising. So whether you're for it, against it, or ambivalent, it is important that you take a look at it, vote, and comment. Also on January 5th, there's a scheduled commercial meeting with the club staff, the EUFC board, and Coach Liam Daish. Now, the Society Board has been invited, but it's not clear who can make it at this time. The purpose of this meeting is to find other ways to bring money into the club. You can read the article on the website and post your ideas at the bottom of the article. And don't forget, if you're enjoying the MyFC experience, tell your friends and family. Go to MyFCTrial.com for a free 30-day trial. Now again, not much is happening with the youth teams or the ladies teams. I know that the the youth teams are going to start playing mid-January along with the reserves. By the way, I've got another interview all ready to go and I'm going to post it early next week. I know you're going to like it. I spoke to Tony Giles yesterday. He heads up the Fleet Reserves, the Fleet Academy, and the under-18s. Uh, be on the lookout for that one. As always, remember the websites, myfootballclub.co.uk for all your My Football Club news, absoluteunited.co.uk for all your absolute news, on Facebook at facebook.com backslash myfootballclub, and on Twitter at twitter.com backslash myfootballclub. And I've got two new ones, MyFC Merchandise. Go to myfootballclub.bigcartel.com, buy yourself a shirt, a tie, a car sticker. I got mine. I have to remove the snow before I put it on. 
and we still have adopt a player and that's at myfootballclub.co.uk backslash adopt a player until next time this is your humble narrator signing off up the fleet Yes, sir.